Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 66. This is going to cover the burial of Jesus and the guard at the tomb. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. So this one sentence is filled with all kinds of good stuff. First of all, the reference to evening. This was the day before the Sabbath. This was Friday. The Sabbath is Saturday. And this isn't just any Sabbath. This is the Sabbath of the Passover celebration. So the Jewish people would have wanted to get all of this taking care of Jesus' body and wrapped up before the Sabbath began. And the Sabbath actually begins at sundown of the day prior to the Sabbath. So it makes total sense that come evening or as evening approached, Jesus has been on the cross from about 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m., the third hour to the ninth hour. And now it's time to get his body down and get him buried so that they can be done with that before the Sabbath begins in just a few hours. So who is this Joseph of Arimathea guy? Well, we know from the book of Luke that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin, one of those 70 guys who are part of the Jewish leaders that we've talked about in earlier texts. This text says that he's a disciple of Jesus, and the text in Luke also tells us that he disagreed with the Jewish ruling council's decision regarding Jesus to have him crucified. So that lets us know that there were actually people on the inside of the Jewish leadership that were believers in Christ. Sounds like Joseph of Arimathea is one of those. A guy named Nicodemus who we'll meet in the book of John. Sounds like he's one of those. There may have been others. Either way, because of Joseph of Arimathea's standing, he would have had access to Pilate and that's what he uses in verse 58. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. Now, he didn't just cut this in the rock right then. Obviously, This is a rich guy who can afford to have a tomb cut out of a rock, and he is allowing Jesus to be buried in that new tomb. And this is actually a fulfillment of some amazing prophecy in Isaiah 53, 9 that said that the Messiah would use a rich man's tomb. So it goes on saying, and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. It wasn't uncommon for a stone to be rolled in front of an entrance to a tomb. This is largely done to keep animals and scavengers out of there from disturbing the body. And as we know, if you've been around the story of the resurrection, that stone will be rolled away in just a couple days. Verse 61, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Of course, the first fraud that they're referring to is Jesus claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the Son of God. They don't believe that to be true. They believe that that's a fraud, and they're saying if you don't put a guard at the tomb, they're going to steal his body and say that he rose again, and that fraud is going to be worse than even the first fraud. Verse 65, Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. 
hard. A couple thoughts come to mind from this text. First of all, this probably sounds silly and obvious to most people, but we need to highlight it because there are some who suggest that Jesus never died. This text makes it clear, Jesus died. There's a theory about the quote-unquote death and quote-unquote resurrection of Jesus that is promoted by skeptics of both, and I believe it's called the swoon theory. The idea is that Jesus' body was brutally beat and hung on the cross, and he went into an unconscious state. He was put in a tomb and recovered in a couple days, and then came back and appeared to people, showing himself to be alive. They believed that he had died and had risen from dead, but actually he never died. He just kind of swooned into unconsciousness and came back a couple days later. Not only is this silly for many reasons, logistically, but it also has a major theological problem, and that is that if Jesus didn't die, then the penalty for sin was not fully, and if he didn't rise from the dead, then death wasn't ultimately defeated. So make no mistake about it, Jesus was dead and buried. It's interesting that the early creeds of the church make this clear, highlighting that this was actually a point of debate within some wayward branches of Christianity in the early days of the faith. The second thought is that these Jewish leaders are seriously paranoid. It's not enough for them to view Jesus as a blasphemer. It's not enough for them to see the miracles that he did and attribute them to Satan. It's not enough for them to carry out the judgment against him that they did and have him crucified. But now they're paranoid that some false narrative about him rising again is going to be spread and cause a bunch of problems for the power structures and the religious system that they're trying so hard to protect. On one of the other podcasts I host, the CC Podcast Conversations, I get to sit down and have interviews with people who have interesting stories. I would love to sit down and interview a guy like Pontius Pilate. One of the questions would be, what do you think of those Jewish leaders coming to you saying they need a guard at the tomb so that his body isn't stolen and a false story about him rising from the dead isn't spread around? Do you think these guys were a little paranoid? And just based on what little things we can pick up from the text, I think Pilate probably thought these guys were kind of a joke. But he accommodates them. There's an old Shakespearean phrase, thou doth protest too much. It's like these Pharisees are fighting so hard, they're protesting so hard against who Jesus is and what he has done, that in a roundabout way, it gives validity to the ministry that he did, the miracles that he did, and the resurrection that we know happened. As we've said many times before, if you view the Bible as the Cliff's Notes of God's redemptive plan for the world, as the must-know information that you need to know to put the pieces together and come to the correct conclusion about Jesus Christ for yourself. I think it's cool that God included this stuff through Matthew so we could be confident about some of the details surrounding his death and burial, which will bolster our faith in his resurrection when that comes. And that's going to come in tomorrow's text. So come back for chapter 28, the last chapter in the book of Matthew. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which has aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.